Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often they push themselves out of their comfort zones and took risks. We want to know about that decision point. Why did they make that decision? And most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abrachi Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior, and in it, we have a leadership model, CHARGE, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're honored to have Amy Evans as our special guest. Amy is an entrepreneur who's passionate about helping women step into their power and their agency in business and relationships. She's the founder of Align Women, a leadership and networking organization for professional women, and the host of the Align Women podcast. She's also the president of Calibri Insurance Services, a boutique insurance agency that simplifies employee benefits for employers in Southern California. She also uses her expertise in the health insurance industry and the health insurance broker market to consult on a variety of projects. Amy is an active member of the National Association of Health Underwriters and a regular speaker at insurance industry events. She's an enthusiastic social media user, and you can find her engaging regularly on a variety of topics, including legislative issues, agency management, entrepreneurship, social media strategies, women's empowerment, communication, and relationships. Amy, it's so great to have you on our podcast, and we always like to start First, by asking, what show, podcast, book, or blog do you like to go to when you want to push yourself and expand your thinking? Hey, ladies. Thanks for having me. It is a delight to talk with you. Uh, A resource that I really get a lot of value out of lately is anything written or spoken by an, an author named Pima Chodron. She's an American Buddhist nun who has a very approachable style in the way that she teaches Buddhism. And as I get older and my interest in life is more about shutting up and listening than putting myself out there, I find that the things that she teaches, um, the, the, um, the instructions that she gives for being mindful, for listening, for dealing with challenges are really helpful to me in every aspect of my life. Hi, Amy. Thank you for joining us. What a Buddhist nun, because you hooked me right there. That's all you had to say. Like Buddhist nun, this is amazing. What, and I love how you said as you're getting older, you're like, I need to shut up and listen which I think many of us who are at least getting smarter and older do shut up more, listen. Uh, not everyone. So what what are some of the, maybe the two or three things that you've learned um, from the Buddhist nun that you're like, this is, I'm now really good at integrating that into my life. What are a couple things? 
The thing that I love about her the most is that she is very reassuring that there is no perfection in being a human being and that learning to slow down, be in the present moment, listen, uh, is a constant practice um, and it's practice, not perfection. So I appreciate the permission to do it crummy and still do it anyway and keep returning to it to try and improve incrementally. Um, but she, she has such a lovely way of acknowledging the humanness of our existence and, 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 and showing that incorporating uh, Buddhist practices into your life is is really the most impactful when it's actually in your life. It's not about sitting in a in a silent retreat for 90 days and staring at your belly button and, and achieving perfection. It's really about how you deal with, you know, dropping the thing on the kitchen floor and getting frustrated about having to clean it up or having a difficult conversation with a loved one or getting in a, a minor car accident and still keeping your wits about you. And and that 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 permission to apply it to everyday life, I find really valuable. I, I, that's a couple of thoughts. One is, I love how you said, um, the little things that happen. Now, Kelly and I would not know that because every time we record a podcast with you, Amy, it's been perfect. Uh, the, the joke is this is now the third time trying to record with Amy at a reschedule for various reasons. And, uh, we were just joking, what is going to happen during the podcast, uh, to, to mess this one up because we've been really struggling. So yes, we certainly don't know perfection over here, but one of the things when Kelly used to do a lot of sales training, they said, instead of practice makes perfect, which is when you think about that, that's not a really good message that we keep sending to people. If you practice enough it will be perfect. And that's what we're striving for. Instead, they would say practice makes permanent. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's such a better way to say it, that it will just make it a permanent habit, but it doesn't have to be perfect. You keep trying and you keep practicing, but it's not the, the, you're not striving for perfection, which is unattainable. Totally agree. Another way to put that is, um, uh, uh, progress, um, Mm, that it it makes yeah, that it makes progress. I like um, that better. And, and that, that's, I think, the best that, the best, certainly the best that I can hope for is, is being able to move forward. But there, there certainly isn't an end goal uh, because I don't see myself being one of those people sitting in a 90-day silent retreat. That's just, <laughs> that's just not how I'm wired. And we were, we were talking to someone yesterday about the, the idea as well. If you were to say, Amy, and I've now achieved perfection, it's like saying, I'm now the expert at a, this. Once you kind of say that, you're already in trouble. So you're most For likely sure. not that. Or if you think you're the expert, that means you don't have any more to learn. You don't have any more to grow. And it's usually kind of downhill after that. And it doesn't make you vulnerable. But I'm going to steal, if you're okay with that, practice makes makes prog- progress. Is that how you, uh, yeah, how, pro- how you say it? Yeah, progress. Yeah, yeah. Pro- pro- uh, yes. Or progress. <laughs> Progress, not perfection. Progress, not perfection. I like that. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to steal that now instead. Uh, thank you, Amy. What um, What is then the big the big question that we ask is what is that decision in your life that changed the trajectory, and what are some of those charged qualities that you use to help you make that decision? 
Oh, that's such a good question. Isn't it though, Amy? Thank you, Amy. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and I, I struggle with it for, for a very specific reason. Um, my husband, who's a, a transformation and empowerment coach for women, likes to. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other conversation. This, come on, um, this family. I'm loving it. <laughs> Buddhist nun, Lizzie, dude. The husband's a transformational coach for women. I mean, yeah. yes, it's another podcast. Okay. <laughs> so he, he points out something that really resonates with me, which is that courage only exists in hindsight. When mm. when you make a decision that's terrifying, you're not feeling courageous. You're feeling no. terrified. It only looks courageous on the other end. Yes. So when I look at the decisions that. that have had a massive impact in my life, um, it's hard for me to ascribe sort of a, you know, a, a highfalutin quality like courage to them. Uh, I would say probably of all the charge qualities, resiliency is the one that I, mm. I resonate with the most. But I didn't know in the moment that I was doing things that I was being resilient either. Um, so a couple of, of major life decisions that stand out to me, leaving home and, and going to college, which was a, a moving away from a home situation uh, my home life for my first 17 years was emotionally, physically, sexually abusive. Mm. And so to be willing to leave that and go to an entirely different city and start a new life, which at the at the time I didn't really see, um, I was just doing the thing that made sense at the time. Uh, that was a that was an incredibly courageous thing. Uh, but I, again, I wasn't acting in courage at the moment. I was acting in some version of terror and exhilaration. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, and then another big decision, and this is a, the, this will be an undercurrent of, of a lot of the, the messaging about what I do now is, uh, I, I took a sales job having never had a sales job, uh, with an insurance company in my early thirties. And it was a, commission role where there was the promise if I stayed with the company for 10 years that my renewal commissions would vest 100%, meaning as long as any policy I sold while I was with that company stayed on the books, I would continue to get commissions for the rest of my life and could even pass those commissions on to uh, a spouse or a child if I passed away. And there aren't a lot of opportunities for that kind of financial structure unless you mm-hmm. can write songs or uh, make movies or, you know, royalties or a thing, mm-hmm. but not not typically if you're not in, in the creative arts. And that the, the decision to take that role and to to fight tooth and nail for the last two years when I was really done with it to stay there, to get to that vesting Mm -hmm. was a transformational decision in my life that provided me with a level of financial security that has gotten me through starting two businesses and going through a divorce without the financial fear that I could have had. And I really I feel real strongly that when women have financial security, they have choices and that a lot of situations that women 
struggle with are the result of not having that financial freedom and that financial independence. And that, that definitely informs a lot of things that I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, let's first, that's a lot, Amy. So thank <laughs> you. No, no. I'm like, Oh my God, where do I even start? I have like, if you could see my brain, it's like all these idea bubbles and I'm like, Oh my God, structure, carry structure. Um, so I, I like what your husband said is that the courage is only when you look back on it. And so we talk a lot about courage around, yeah, you feel sick when you do it and you have a ton of fear. It's not that you, you do it and you're like, I'm so courageous today. I'm going to do this. <laughs> you don't, you don't. It's more like, I think I might pee myself and I'm right. so scared yep. that I'm going to do it anyway. And so when we yep. talk about courage, it's a lot of that. It's, it is a very fearful situation but you're still going to do it. And that's courageous. And so you did that. So if we take the first, the first decision is to leave and kind of start this new life. And so what, what did you learn being away from all that abuse and having that in your background and then starting this, this new life in college and what you said you need to be resilient, but what were some of your lessons from like how hard was that to just upend and realize like this is not appropriate and this isn't good and and I have to really kind of reboot the way I look at relationships and family and life. Yeah, I I wish I could tell you that I I carried that awareness with me at 17 when I made that decision, but the truth is I didn't uh I didn't really understand the context in which I was operating until about 11 years later. Yeah. when I had uh, an, an emotional breakdown because I started having flashbacks mm. and that was an entirely different life experience. Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, so it's only looking back now and, and realizing the immense sense of freedom I had when, uh, when I watched my family drive away after dropping me off at the dorm and I can still go back to that moment and realize now that what I was feeling was freedom, but I didn't, mm. I just didn't have the context then it took, it took a lot more time and a heck of a lot more therapy, um, <laughs> to, to really have the clarity that that's what that was all about. And that's not an unusual experience, um, uh, for people who have a, a history like mine. It, it doesn't, it doesn't all, it, you don't you don't get the luxury of knowing it all all at once. It will oh, continue to no. to reveal itself uh, as you go through different life experiences. Yeah, yeah, and I think too, Amy. What was interesting about that is, in a way, your body knew, right? Because you're like, oh, I yeah. feel this rush of this freedom, and yeah. our minds take so long to catch up to it. And and you knew you're like, I have freedom. It took 11 years and it it is a journey for many people. And and at least you got there. Some of us don't get there at all ever. Right. And so you're, you're in the trauma and in that until you die. Um, But you, you had that freedom and then eventually went, okay, now I get it. And I can look back on it. Um, So thank you. But it's interesting. Your body knew your body kind of knew that like, this is freedom. And then how, how long it takes for your mind to catch up to what your body knows. Yeah. What, um, and then taking the sales job and and fighting through that, that again, that resiliency, what gives you that resiliency? Because a lot of people get said, you know, screw it with the financial, like, I don't care anymore. This is a job. <laughs> I can't do it. So what do you think in you has that resiliency? Where, where did you draw on that from? 
Yeah, that's a that's a good lifetime question to ponder, huh? <laughs> um, you now have ten seconds to find. Yeah, your- right. Split <laughs> right. all that, please. Um, I the, the and this this goes back to the first story. I have had a very clear sense of who I am from my, uh, you know, we can have an interesting conversation about when when you become conscious and when you become aware. But I was very clear, very early that I was on my own. And that was, that was through experiences. That was through uh, the, the marriage that my mother was in when I, when she got pregnant and when I was born, it was very clear to me that, that I was on my own, that, that, clarity has both been a, you know, a blessing and a hindrance, right? Yep. I, I, it makes, it makes it hard for me to trust people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes it hard for me to sort of live collaboratively. On the other hand, I'm really, really good at taking care of myself. And so an opportunity that allowed me to build something um, that that would allow me to take care of myself financially, it was very clear to me that that was a really, really good decision. It was also a company whose products I believed in. It, it allowed me to use skills and talents uh, that, that I knew that I had in a way that, that allowed me to build a book of business. Um, and I also love, you know, commission sales, at least, at least in insurance, commission sales is, is one of those rare things that doesn't have a glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, women mm-hmm. can make just as much or more money than men can. Uh, there's not there's not the sort of gender restrictions in a lot of ways that there are in other places. And so all of those things came together to allow me to 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 create a, a career that then I, and I've been in the insurance industry now for 20 years. So even after I left that first role, uh, I've continued uh, in this industry because I believe in it and I, I believe in the opportunities that it gives me and gives other women. Mm-hmm. I think you, you mentioned that, you know, being able to tr- rely on yourself or knowing that you had to is mm-hmm. this gift in a way it's a gift. Yep. So all this dysfunction that we all grew up in can be a gift at some point because you're like, I can't do everything on my own. I mean, I didn't want to do it when I was six years old, but I did. Right. <laughs> I know how to do it. Um, but, and so you, you mentioned something about collaboration and how in a way it's hard to trust and, and hard to do that. And so at some point, as we get older, we realize the things that served us maybe no longer service as well. Mm-hmm. And so for you, what is so, and how we met is you would do so much to help women and collaborate that you would never know you're a kind of a lone wolf, Amy, to begin with, right? You've really, you've really switched that up. So tell us about how you got involved with helping women and that financial security that, that, that you said is so important. I know I didn't leave relationships because I didn't have financial security. So I certainly, that resonates with me just on a personal level, but how did you all of a sudden go from, I can do everything on my own to like, Hey, we need to network and I need to help other women. So tell us about that, that journey. Yeah, I so I like I said I've been in the insurance industry for 20 years and and always responsible for generating revenue. So networking has always been a part of my business life and I'm in Los Angeles and um I would say my industry and the industries with which I choose to network which be 
other insurance professionals, uh, CPAs, financial advisors, uh, attorneys, um, all of those industries tend to be, uh, as, as a good friend of mine says, male, pale, and stale. And <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I can't, I, I, I can't take one. credit for it. I can't take credit for it, but I love to share it. That's a good one. Um, and, and I, and I think we've seen a, a, a lovely shift in the last, say, 30 years from the women who had to play by the rules that For existed, sure. which were written by men. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were our, you know, our, our mothers and our, our power suit, power shoulder pad. You know, I can hang with the boys. I'm going to learn how to golf women. Mm-hmm. Um, two... Uh, a whole new crop of women who are, I would say, are you know in our our age range in the in thirties, forties, and fifties, who who've had the freedom now to say, oh, we don't we don't have to play by those rules. How how nice! Like there's enough women now that we're not the lone wolves in the room, and we can actually create things that are for us and that resonate with us and that play by our rules. And I think the Me Too movement helped that and gave gave some, gave some wiggle room to saying, I don't, I don't really want to do it your way anymore. I'm going to do it my own way. And so uh, what you were alluding to is my, my organization Align Women, which is a leadership and networking organization for professional women. And that started like, like so many things in my life have started with me going, I can't find what I want. I'm going to build it myself. I can't Mm. find a networking organization that is for women in professional services that focuses on revenue generation because there are lots of networking organizations and there are lots of organizations for women. They, my experience has been that they tend to veer towards the social, mm-hmm. not toward business development. And as a solo entrepreneur, I've got to be really mindful of the time and energy and money that I spend and make sure that it is moving my business forward. And so since I couldn't find it, I decided to build it and believe that if I was going to build something that was going to benefit me and my business, it would be the most productive and effective if the other women involved felt the same way. Mm-hmm. And so I started with a networking mastermind of a dozen women in 2019, um, a very specific format, a very specific alignment of all of the members in the mastermind. We started generating revenue for each other in the third month that we were together. Um, we had a very successful first year. We continued that group into its second year, and now we'll continue it uh, into its third year in June. And so it's it, it's focused on women in sales who want to grow their revenue uh, who are willing to engage with each other uh, in a very collaborative way um, to uh, to build our businesses. Mm-hmm. And it's been a it's been a wonderful experience, but it it was born out of you know the same the the need to build something that helped my business and the belief that if it's going to help my business, it would be most successful if it helped other women's businesses as well. Yeah. I, I, so listen, you start as a lone wolf. Like I, I'll do it myself. <laughs> There's no one else to help me. Um, but you know, the power of that networking and that collaboration, what I appreciate about your networking is it's, it's not, like you said, it's not, you can be social, but there's very much a goal and we're here to create revenue. And it's not here just to um, maybe do a vision board of something. It is to create revenue and to help each other. So you're very focused on that. And appreciate that a lot, Amy. Yeah, what, for 
Sure. And and the and and I tr- and I firmly believed and it has borne itself out that the social aspect comes with yes, it. Yes, it does. It, yes. it, it's if if you focus on the social, the business development may not come. If you focus on the business development, the social will come. I love that. I love that. Thank you, Amy. What what are some of the actions that our listeners can take to help them when they're making big decisions? What are some of the advice that you have that you'd like to share? Yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get back to to squishy. Um, I, the, the, the short version is listen to your intuition. And I, I, you know, I, I love asking people, you know, what advice would you give to your 20 year old self? And it is almost always from women, almost always some version of listen to your gut, listen to your mm-hmm. intuition. Don't let other people tell you what to do. Huh? Follow your heart. I, I would like to offer that there is a practical, uh, underpinning to that which is get really clear on your values and operate from them as much as possible. Your values are sort of the tangible expression of your intuition. And when you're, when you're clear on what your values are, then your intuition is the thing that tells you whether you're operating in them or not. And a values exercise is something that's that's super easy to do. Brene Brown has has one. It's easy to find online. It's a, a PDF and and it's a, a a page or two of all these wonderful words, right? Like mm-hmm. honesty and and grit and patriotism and uh, happiness and faith. And you go through that list and pick out the ones that really resonate with you. And what people tend to find is that. Uh, there are usually families of words that all relate to each other. And then out of that family of words, there'll be like a prime value and the others are supporting. And you may end up with like five prime values and a bunch of supporting values around those. I do that exercise every year intensely. And then I find that they change and that's totally okay. And it's really, everybody will say, well, I value honesty and family, but yeah. But there are there there's more to that. Um, one of my prime values, and in my in my relationship, it's really a shared one. And there's a whole other piece about doing it together and sharing your values with mm-hmm. your partner. Um, one of our prime values is adventure. It's really important to us that we're exploring and going on adventures. And when uh, when the pandemic started at the beginning of last year, we realized that the way that we define adventure, which is traveling and going far and wide to amazing exotic places, wasn't going to be available to us. And so I shifted. I went back and looked at my adventure value and the supporting values, and one of them was creativity. And I realized that if I could shift and put creativity as the prime value last year and and explore creativity, that that would satisfy that need for sort of adventure and new things. And so I got into uh, art and watercolor and taking classes and painting and things I had never done before to, to feed that part of me that needed to be fed. And I find that being clear on my values informs my personal relationships, my business, all the choices that I make. And I find those to be my, like my guiding stars. So I would say that's a really practical uh, activity that someone can do that will then help them to make the choices that are aligned with those values uh, in everyday situations. That is so beautiful. And so I love the way you've articulated that because you're right. We talk about a lot uh, about intuition and women, women say that quite a bit that I should have listened to it, but to say, what are the values? And I was thinking that's what 
Kelly and I do at companies. What do we tell companies to do first before they do anything else? Well, I mean, get legal. Let's not be silly. But, <laughs> but right after, right after you like stop harassing people, you should really like look at your values because that will help you make decisions. That's why we say it's so important. It's not as important to put it on a wall, but it's important to instill it because that's how you make decisions. And to your point, that's how I do it as a person. Here's my value set, how it's a filter for decision-making and what, how wonderful to do it for yourself. I never quite thought about it that way and do it every year and look at it. That is brilliant. I, I love that you use the word filter. Um, I have, I've found that that is a very effective way. Uh, I've, I've coached uh, women who quite frequently say, I feel overworked, overwhelmed, overcommitted. Um, I've, I've got too much on my plate and I don't know what to do to ex- extricate myself from the situation I've gotten in. And the values exercise is a great way to do it because once you get clear on that, then you can run everything through it as a filter. Yep. And it, 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 it doesn't mean it's not going to be hard to maybe get out of some commitments that you really don't need to be in, but at least you'll have the clarity about which commitments serve your values and which commitments don't. Exactly. And it's a wonderful way to have a filter. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such, it is such that, um, that filter. And like you said, it's still hard to make those decisions, but at least you'll know. So I try, I try not to say things like, Oh, I'm so busy. I can't do it. It's like, no, I'm making a choice not to do it. Yep. Right. Like I could, if it was really important, I probably could fit it in somehow. I would give up something else. Uh, so thank you for that. And I know that, uh, Kelly loves values. I don't know, Kelly, if you write out your values. She journals a lot, but I don't know if she writes out her personal values. But I know this resonates a lot with Kelly, starting with the perfection piece, because I know Kelly uh, loves to be perfect. Right, Kel? <laughs> I have to remind myself of the, um, uh, of the progress. progress. I love adding that into it because it is a journey. We're all on a journey. And so um, practice makes progress. Practice makes it permanent. Yeah, I love that. And I think too, Amy, as much as I heard, you certainly are courageous, incredibly resilient. You're also very goal-oriented from everything you've shared with us and our audience in that idea of, you know, really persevering and setting yourself accountable to, I'm going to see through my 10-year engagement with this insurance company because I want to get to that place where I have the financial freedom. And I'm going to work hard. And at year eight, when I feel like I can't or I want to give up and it's year nine, you've got one more year to go, you saw it through. And I think that can be really difficult to do at times. But having that goal and having your values sort of aligned to your goals is incredibly important. And so that's a takeaway for me is really writing out my values. Because um, as much as we do it for companies and, and we're consulting with them all the time, I never thought to take it to a more personal level. So I love, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. It's also really fun to do in a relationship. And uh, early in my uh, marriage, before we were married, we discovered that when we clarified our values to each other, it helped us untangle some sticky communication Mm -hmm. issues, uh, challenges that we had and we didn't like they were still sore spots and we didn't really know why they were sore spots. And when we were able to sit down and go through our values together, we realized a really easy example is I have a, I have a higher value for privacy than my husband does. Um, Not surprising given some of the history that you've 
heard about with me. Um, he has a, um, a super high value for connection with other human beings. He is a, he is a golden retriever of a person who just loves, <laughs> he's Buddy the Elf from the movie Elf, where yeah, he just oh wants to know what's your favorite color. That's him. He's, he's amazing. Um, and so in his quest for connection, he often loves to share personal details. And when he got into a relationship with me, sharing the personal details of his relationship with me was natural for him. And there were times where I was like, oh, buddy, that was way over the top for me. Like that was way outside of my comfort zone. But we really had to look at, oh, right, because my I have a value of privacy that's higher than yours and you have a value of connection that's higher than mine. And so we need to learn to respect those in each other and figure out how to navigate mm. those. So the values piece can help in, in all kinds of ways. What a great insight. Because otherwise, it could just seem like, why are you so open? Why are you telling me too much information? And you could almost sort of resent or, or not even a- appreciate that part of somebody if you weren't sort of mature enough to be able to say, these are my values, what are your values and really having honest dialogue about it, I could see I can see where that is incredibly helpful. Yep. And then the step beyond that is understanding how to set, how to make requests and set preferences Mm -hmm. and, uh, and set boundaries and set deal breakers based on those values. And those are all four things are all different things. Um, But it, it, then it helps to navigate some of those more complex communication situations. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Even more for me to write down. And so luckily we're recording this too, because I can hear it back again. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, Amy, you're just so incredibly inspirational on many levels, but the idea that you took, you know, a life when, you know, when you first, you know, the first years of your life were obviously very, um, you know, traumatic, abusive, and for you to now become this person that wants to pay it forward and really help connect people and, you know, lead a richer life through, you know, um, self-development and, you know, camaraderie and, and, and connecting is just so incredibly powerful. Um, and I've had the fortune of listening to your podcast and it is really amazing. You leave, you leave a lot on the table for people to really think about, but you also make it very tangible for them to want to take the next step to developing themselves. So I, I, I look forward to listening to more episodes. So I think you're just an inspiration and we're just so grateful uh, that you were able to be on our podcast and share your insights and and a bit of your life with us to, you know, to show us, you know, how from where you started the person you are today. It's just incredibly inspirational. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the opportunity to share with you guys. Absolutely. And if you would like to connect with Amy, please feel free to do so on the Align Women website, which is www.alignwomen.org. And I will also be including that information in the show notes that you can easily connect with Amy uh, to learn more about the podcast, to learn more about her Facebook group that she mentioned, and just to connect with her personally. Again, Amy, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abrachi Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at Warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.